final podcast of the year oh man 2022 professionally and what this podcast has done amazing personally my family and i have never been closer but a lot of shit has happened your boy this year i can't wait to get to 2023 that's what i need 2023 is what i need a a, a palate cleansing of this year start off great End it pretty shitty. Hopefully 2023, we're going to have some good news with my mom. But uh, yeah, so this is the final podcast of the year. I was going to do it last week. But your boy's a last minute shopper. Had to do uh, Christmas shopping. Was not going to have a podcast this week. Was going to put it out Christmas week. Yada, yada, yada. Needless to say, putting it out this week. Got a lot to talk about. Okay. I'm going to go over my numbies. What we hit this year. The old numbies. We'll go over the numbies and then we'll do, uh, and then I'll talk about the James Crowd situation because I've been asked to talk about it. Was going to make a separate video about that. We'll do that now. And then some MMA Twitter uh, scandals or one scandal that we'll talk about. And then I'll end the show with what's coming in 2023, which I think we're taking it to the fucking moon, boys. I think we're taking it to the moon. Um, what a year, what a year, uh, next year is going to be amazing. It's going to be really hard for me to not keep talking about next year because I'm so goddamn excited about next year, but we got to go over the numbies, the betting numbers of the recap is basically what this show is going to be. Now I know your boy, he doesn't track on bad MMA tips. I did it for like a month last year and kind of gave up. There is an app which I am not, I believe I tweeted it out, so it's probably useless for me to, to, you know, withhold their name. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to make a deal with them, trying to get them on your boy's side. I'm actually trying to, I'm actually being proactive and trying to go out there and get some deals. So I'm not going to drop them because they have to pay for that. But there's a betting app that I'm going to use that can track my bets. So I'm hopefully going to track my bets this year to make it all easier and everyone who follows me, right? I track everything myself, right? I track everything old school. So this, this thing right here, all this is a slime ball parlays. The whole year, every slime ball parlay I got. This is my folder, right? So that's the folder right there. That's all the dogs I hit this year. And these are my um, all my uh, dog locks, motor locks, send them homes for the year. And then each one of these inside is a printed fight card sheet. And I hand draw everything. Hand, hand draw. Hand, everything's hand done by your boy. And then I input it in here. Very, very 1998, uncharacteristic of somebody who loves tech, but I just feel comfortable doing it that way. You know, I'm an 80s baby. I grew up writing everything down, so I just feel comfortable doing that, but I am going to try to make some changes and, 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 and let me my bets be tracked. I tracked everything in-house. Now, I can understand it would be, it'd be very um, scammy, very... Uh, Oh, well, you know, just just a scumbag move. If I track my own bets and I give out like I'm doing all these profits and all this and I'm charging picks, or whatever. Again, you ain't got to worry about that. Me, I ain't going to ever charge picks. That's a for sure. 
Um, but you know, I understand it. But listen, this is this is the way I do it. Hopefully, we'll improve next year. But let's kick off the bets. So funny story. I go, I use DraftKings all year. I believe in the beginning of the year of this year, uh, January, February, I used BetMGM one time. I got like a free promotion or whatever. Didn't love the setup of the app, whatever. So I used DraftKings throughout the whole year, right? I made a point besides what I did in Vegas, which we'll get to. So I go and I, it took me, a, I had to Google how to find like, well, how do you find your fucking year end review? How do you find your money? Blah, blah, blah. So I finally found it. And all I saw, <laughs> All I saw was winnings, 5800 and, and something dollars, right? And I was like, holy shit, I'm almost up 60 units. Units are 100 bucks. Winnings, 5800 bucks. I'm almost up 60. I freak out. I screenshot it. I send it to the guys at work. I send it to my buddy Steve. I send it to Timbo and Christian. I go, your boy's up 60 units. I'm making my notes for the podcast. I put in 60 units. I'm doing a little dance, thinking I'm the fucking man. I'm up 60 units. Other guys are down 70 units. You know, your boy's doing it. Now, you know, I'm doing one of these. And then Timbo, because I'm such an idiot, I saw winnings and I didn't look any further. Screenshot, go. Screenshot, let me brag. Screenshot, let my ego go, right? Timbo goes, nope, here, look what I did. And he screenshot his. And right below those five lines is a win-loss which I swear I did not even look at. I saw winning screenshot. Let me go brag. So he had DraftKings. He showed me his. He's like, what's your win loss? I said, what? So I go back in, see it. And then I'm like, oh my God. And my win loss was negative 127. So $127, 1.2 units. And I went, oh, I'm a loser on the year. I'm a fucking loser on the year. Never has my win been taken out of my sales so quickly. I shared this with numerous people. I'm so glad I didn't put it on social media or put it on uh, you know, social media or anything or made a video about it, just talk, you know, sucking my own dick or whatever. I'm so glad I didn't do that because I got brought back to reality so quick. Here's the thing, though. As I'm in my self-pity going, God, I'm negative on the year. What a fucking bum. What a fucking idiot this guy is. I remember the Vegas trip where it had to be cash only. My biggest bet of the year, Chris Curtis, 10 units, 1,000 bucks. I won about 13 and change on that one. I won 80 bucks on Rafion Stotts to beat Pat Sabatello. And then I won the Slimeball Parlay for that UFC main event push. But I made just, I made like $131 is what I made because it was, it was whatever the $100 bet post with everyone. But yeah, you, you get it, right? So I try to. I actually try to keep my Chris Curtis ticket. Uh, the guy wouldn't let me, but he, I took a picture of the cash. So when you factor all that in, right, the 131 for the sign ball wipes out my negative, 13 and change plus the 80 bucks brings us up to plus 14 units on the year. So we're in the plus plus 14 units. Thank you for the Chris Curtis. Thank you for Vegas because I want. I placed three bets in Vegas. Won them all. And it's better than being down. I'd rather be up 0.4 units to be down minus 127. But it was so funny how fucking hot I was. How fucking cold, oh man, plus 60 units, you know, fucking shit. No, didn't even look. That's how, like, I saw the good news and I ran away. That's why I never, you know, this, yeah, this is the only reason. But, like, if I would, like, ever get a paper that says, like, Hey, you're accepted. I would stop reading. You know what I mean? Like I got the good news of the winnings and I bolted out 
Um, so funny. So thank you for Timbo for being a fucking sharp and going, no, no, bro. You got to stroll down more. What? What's that win loss? Because <laughs> I would have came on here making a fool of myself. And I don't want to do that. But had a good year in Vegas. 60% on my picks. Now, let me clarify. Not 60% on my bets. 60% on my picks. Picked every single fight this year. I'm, uh, on the Anakin Florian show, I, I had to have with Kenny Florian. Anakin Florian podcast. Had to have with Ken Flo. I beat Ken Flo this year. Uh, we did like a money value. If you, use, if you used each one of our picks, you bet $100, whatever. I'm up like ten grand on that. So, you know, whatever. In the 60% on that as well, 60% for the entire fights picked this year. Did not skip one fight. Picked every single one. I'm at 60%, which is the number I, I've been scratching to get. 60% is pretty good. Pretty fucking good. And you can say it's not good. There's a guy that used to chirp at me on Twitter saying, that's not good. You're a bum. 60% is failing. This isn't fucking grade school, bro. Picking 60% over 500 is pretty goddamn good, right? Now, clarify again, not my bets. My bets, I did not bet every single one of these fights. I pick every single one of these fights. So maybe I need to start betting every single one of these fucking fights because I'm picking at 60%. And this year, I'm going to obviously keep getting better because last year, I think I was at 57%, 58%, and I always wanted to hit 60, hit 60 this year, right? Um, which is funny because it was a little bit of a weird year gambling for me. So behind the curtain, let's open her up. When I first started sports gambling, it was before I, before I had my beautiful child, my beautiful, I have two kids. Before I have Winnie, I sports gambled. And I used my bookie, my crookie is what I call them, bunch of fucking crooks. And I used Boveda. And I would do MMA, then I would do NFL overs, unders. Now, I used to not touch this money. I used to take all the bonus money. You're going to give me bonus money, I'm going to take it. And I used to let shit sit in that account forever. Finally, when sports betting became legal in Indiana, which is which is close to me, I withdrew all of it. took forever for the money to come, but I withdrew all of it. Now, at this point, I have a child, right? And I dipped into it a little bit to, to go. And I say dipped into it because we got something to talk about later. Uh, dipped into it, you know, because I used to just keep it all there, not touch it, you know, and then I'm like, well, why do I have all this money sitting there if I'm not going to touch it? You know, the most I've ever had, full disclosure, most I've ever had in a Boveda, my bookie account altogether. My very first deposit was with FanDuel, not with DraftKings, with FanDuel was about $4,000 was, was my deposit. That's what I had on both sites. And um, so I put that in the FanDuel and I withdrew half of it right away. Two grand, boom, let's buy some equipment. Let's buy this microphone. Let, 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 let's flourish. Let's, you know, let's get fucking Gucci with it, right? Other things, other things. And then now my betting strategy since I've been driving down to Indiana has been once you reach $1,000 in your account, you can withdraw some. 1000 you can withdraw some. So my bankroll is been, and then every year you get that little, bro, little, little break, you know, from December to January. And I always take the money out, right? And then recharge, reload for the for the new season is what I call it. I'm going to go back to a little bit of the old ways. I want to build the bankroll up and I want to be able to make, because I'm going to be able to sit on my couch and make bets. So I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm not going to take so much out and buy new toys and buy things I don't need or whatever. I mean, look, I, I bought this, the open packages. I mean, this was like 65 bucks. Like, what do we, you don't need that, Brian. But I'm going to start building a bankroll, a fatter bankroll and not touch it. Just let it sit there. That's what you got to do, especially now that I can, I can do it so quick. And then another full disclosure, I, I probably bet less this year than I ever have. Uh, towards the end of the year, obviously, life got a little crazy for me. But also, it was just I was getting so burnt out of driving to Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, there's a fight card every weekend. And I love and I love betting. I love fighting. But I'd go down there. And even if I had the energy to go down there, which I did most of the time, 
Uh, you know, there's a couple cards I, I missed, a couple cards I didn't I didn't get to play because of life and you know kids' birthdays and whatnot. But um, I get down there and I'd be like, okay, fine, bet the slime ball and bet your moral lock and then leave, right? Like, I mean, there were sometimes I went down there and I, I bet the board and I got excited, and then other times I'm like, you know, fucking driving this goddamn parking lot, all this and that. But uh, you know, last time I went, you know, not never doing that again. Last time I went it was a little nostalgic. It was good, it felt good. Never gonna be in this parking lot again, right? Gave out some winners, hit, you know, hit the slime ball to the end of the year. It was nice. Um, but it, it, it was burning me up a little bit. I got burnt out, you know, because my wife works on Saturday. So I got to load the kids up and they're hauling for snacks and they're hauling for this. You know, and it's like it's, you know, it's not that close. I mean, it's, you know, 25, 30 minutes away, which is it's fine. But it's just it adds up when you're doing it every fucking weekend. And I can only do it on Saturdays. Another reason why I didn't really track my bet or track my bets on bet MMA because I would only go an hour or two before the fights. Then I come home, put my daughter down for a nap, and then it's like, oh, let me go fucking put these in the computer because the bet MMA tips is not working on the phone very well. And then it's like, I don't even know. I'm just going to chill out for a little bit. You know, it, it, these are all excuses of me being lazy, but uh, hopefully I'll fix that part next. 60% of my picks. Slime ball parlay. Went 15 and 26 on the year. I missed one event. I took one event off. I allow myself one no slime ball event a year. 15 and 26 on the year. I, there was a couple events I gave out to. Um, 37%. I, you know, I don't love that number. Obviously, when you give out a parlay like that, you want you want people to win. You want to win yourself. 15 out of 26. But some of these parlays were pretty juicy. We hit some good parlays. So I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I'll have that next year. I'll be a little more organized left year, but. 1526, 37%. Okay. All right. I'm not going to dog me on that number. It is what it is. Dog locks, 13 of 28, 32%. That's not good. Now, I know underdogs are hard to pick. And when, you know, and, and I went uh, 37% on my dog locks on general. So I picked, so my dog locks, 13 out of 28 on the year, 32%. Now, some of my dog locks fell off of the card. You know, a lot of cancel fights. I don't think I rebooked a dog lock. So the numbers are, are what they are. Um, and then you got, uh, excuse me. And then 137 pit dogs picked this year, 51 of those were right. So 37 of my dog picks on the entire year. Again, it is, it, it's a number. I, I would like to hit 40, 45% of my dog picks. I know that might be getting a little greedy, but 137 dog picks, 51, right? 37% on the year, 32% on my locks on my dog locks. 13, right. Uh, is a number I don't like. Right, 32%, you know, whatever it is, don't like that. Uh, send them homes, 21 out of 20%. This is something that last year was really bad. My send them homes were really bad. I'm over 500, 51% on my send them homes. I'm okay with that number. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm okay with that number. I tended to pick some pretty chalky spots on this one for sure. Um, it, you know, you know, you're getting you're getting these guys with these sledgehammers. You know, Sergey Pavlovich, I believe, was my send him home twice. You know what I mean? So, Jonathan Almeida was my send him home quite a few times. You're getting these chunky numbers, and the send him homes aren't very profitable. But 21 out of 20, 51 percent, those are my picks. And then my mortal locks, 30 out of 11. This is one I have a problem with. 30 out of 11, 73 percent. Now, 73 percent is a good number, and I bet every single one of my mortal locks, right? And I pride myself not to really pick like this minus 600, minus 800 mortal locks. You know, I'm usually in the two to three. I did climb to the fours, but I'm usually in the two to three category. My medium mortal lock was a minus 285. 
That's the number I came up with, minus 285, which I can live with. It's a little higher than I wanted. I wanted to be about minus 200. I do try to look at a mortal lock, a guy I love, and the minus one, but sometimes that doesn't shake out. You know, sometimes it just doesn't. I got to give winners regardless of the lines, but I do try to avoid those, you know, Valentino Shevchenko numbers, minus 1200s. You know, I try to avoid those. I'm not a fucking scumbag. 73%. I want it 75. 75 to 80% on mortal locks, a fight that I'm giving you that I think is going to win no matter what. If you listen to anything I say, that's the fight you should bet. Not the slime ball, not the dog, not everything. The mortal lock is what you should bet. Because that's my mortal lock, you know. This is the one that I'm giving you. Um, so 73% is something that I'm not going to be okay with. That's a number I'm looking to improve for next year. Uh, 75% I think is a good number. So we're close. We're close. But that's not, that's just not going to cut it, Brian. This is this is your mortal lock. You got to give fucking... Uh, so I'm a little upset about that. That's the only number I'm a little upset about besides the not making more profit this year. But it is what it is. Next year, this year was a little rough on your boy. Next year with live betting, I can promise you my betting is going to be tripled. So either that number in the positive is going to triple or we're going to be triple negative. Either way, you let your nuts on the table and you fucking go. All right, so we're going to hit to the biggest hit of the year. Everyone knows Chris Curtis over uh, on Joaquin Buckley, 10 units, save my save my year, save my season, if you want to call it that. Chris is also one of my cash cows. I don't have a mention in the cash cow category because everyone knows my cash cow. I cashed on him for the past two years. I'm always going to bet him. He's my, he's my boy. My biggest losses. Now, all these losses were 3.5 unit losses in some way or form. Not straight. But whether it be finished, parlay, straight, whatever the way, I had a multiple different ways. These are the guys that burned me this year. Pat Sabatini over Damon Jackson. That hurt. I was high in, on Sabatini. Goes out there and just gets cooked, right? Just gets cooked to the bone. Onama lost to Nate Train. We'll talk about that, lo- that loss in a, in a minute here. David Onama versus Nate Train. I was very, how could I bet against Nate Train? You know, that's on me. Uh, but I did think Onama was going to knock him out. I had Onama in a lot of different ways. That was Onama straight, Onama by knockout, Onama not by knockout round one, and then I had him in a slime ball parlay. So that was all over the map loss. And then Luque lost to Jeff Neal. Man, I was really high on uh, Vicente Luque to piece up Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's boxing looks incredible. He had a a rough go, drunk driving arrest. or Drunk driving, maybe not arrest. He had a drunk driving incident, and he was sick for a while, and he's had a lot of things, but he came out and he looked amazing. So those are my worst losses of the year. My biggest win of the year is Chris Buckley, or Chris Buckley, Chris Curtis ever, Joaquin Buckley, 10 units. Those are my big, all those are 3.5 unit losses. I'm not a big unit player. Never bet higher than six units until Vegas with Chris because that was a special moment. So I'm usually, if I go all in on something, whether it be, and it's usually spread out over multiple different type of bets, it's about 3.5. I don't go higher than I usually don't. Worst reads. Now, I didn't have a lot of money on these fights, but these two fights stick out because... I went on podcast and talked about these people. Victor Henry over Rafael Sunset. I was all over Henry. I told anybody that would listen, Victor Henry is going to smoke a Sunset. He's like a minus 300 or something like that. I got DMs from people, the sharp, sharp minds on Instagram and Twitter going, buddy, a Sunset at that number is so juicy. I'm like, he's old. He's cooked. He's old. He's washed. Uh, no, Victor Henry looked embarrassing, embarrassed me. Uh, and then Sam Alvey or Michelle Lohzeshik. Uh, I was on uh, the Yanni the Greek and Nick Kalika's podcast, um, and I gave out Sam Alvey as a huge underdog. I said, boys, I kind of like him. And Nick Kalika's goes, eh, uh, no, 
No, but in the most polite way, goes, yeah, Ola Sanchez is going to run through him. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I respectfully disagree. And I'm like, you know, Sam Adams, got, you know, he, he mine 400 or whatever it was, you know, plus 400. And I was like, you know, he's got some upside for a dog. He got fucking cooked in the first round. Horrible reads, embarrassing that I went on other people's platforms and spewed this nonsense. So you got to get better at that. Obviously, those are two horrible reads by your boy. Cash cows, Roman deletes. Chris Curtis, number one, obviously, but, he, you know, that's without being said. Roman deletes, two big underdog hits this year. Fucking Roman deletes, and I bet him every single way, cashing me up. Aljo, hit Aljo on Patreon and TJ Dillashaw. Big, big stuff by Aljo. Patty, I mean, listen, I bet every Patty fight. I know it's weird putting him on this. These last three aren't really, because Aljo was a was a dog against Petrion. And Roman Lice was a dog twice. But Patty was a guy that a lot of people faded. And I was on the side, even though his numbers were juiced. Shockfalk Rachmanov didn't lose a fucking bet for me all year. I had him. Every fight he had, I had him by finish. And I had him obviously winning another juice number. And then Jotson Almeida as well. Same situation. Juice number, but I had him by finish as well. So those are my cash cows. Those are the guys I ran to the window and bet, even if it didn't make physical sense because of how big their numbers were. But that's the year. That's 2022, babe. More to come in 2023. Bigger and better. We'll talk about the very end of the show. Right now, we got to get to the James Krause situation. All right, listen. I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I don't know more than what people, other people know. You know what I mean? I know what you guys know. I'm going to give my opinion on it. I think it is scummy. I don't, he's, he's guilty in the court of public opinion right now. I have no idea if he did it or not. All signs point that he has done it. He's been radio silent. He's given everything up. He's been suspended. He's given his gym up. He's giving his fight pass, fight thing, the James Krause fight night, whatever the fuck on fight pass. He's giving it all up. Cancel his podcast. Cancel his YouTube channel. Cancel his Discord. He is basically erasing everything he's he's done. So for him, I think even in the beginning when this started with the Discord and the account takeovers, I thought it was scumbag behavior. That's not the way I think you should operate. Um, I think it is gross. I think it is negligent. And I think it is just a cash, you know, trying to get cash now to place your own bets. I think it is absolutely horrible. So if you don't know, now you know James Krause, former fighter, uh, current, you know, he's not currently retired, uh, current coach, Glory MMA fitness owner, you know, has Brandon Moreno as his champion, has several other fighters. And he started, uh, um, he was on Anakin Florian before me. And then I kind of came in and we we split we split weeks and then he got too busy that I I took over and then he started his own podcast. He lined himself with this Shay guy who is known widely on MMA Twitter for being a fucking scumbag. I did not know that. I had to dive deep in MMA Twitter to find out who this fucking guy was. Known scumbag, like bottom of the barrel, owes people money. Fuck that guy. Aligned with him to do the podcast slash Discord. And once I started doing Ink and Florian and, and, and I stopped kind of even like following his career, I didn't really know what was going on until about like two months later or into it. I saw this discord pop up on Reddit. James Krause does discord and does account takeovers. Now, a buddy of mine used to and maybe still does. He used to have a guy that used to text some pics. This is years ago when he used the bookie and one of the bookies friends, you know, it was one of those situations. My cousin's friend would anyway. The guy's like, hey, I can do an account takeover for you. You give me two grand. You give me five grand, 10 grand. I can I can make money off it. I'll place bets. I'll place all your bets for you, right? So I knew what an account takeover was, and I think it's just a shady way of doing business. Any major book 
is not going to allow that. He went on Ariel Hawani's show, and that's the interview I keep coming back to. He's very smug and just, I don't think he knew exactly what fucking he was getting into. He said, yeah, my Discord's great. We're doing account takeovers, and we're doing, you know, we're doing great. And, and fucking Hawani, who doesn't know anything about gambling, goes, uh, would you bet on Moreno? And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like the most, like, uneasy, should I say yes? Even though, even if he said no, you know he's doing it. What's my answer here, right? He doesn't have a lawyer in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the most unconvincing kind of yes or whatever, but he clearly does, right? And we'll get to the Unama thing. So the account takeovers was the first thing I hit. I went on his, I didn't go on his Discord. There were screenshots of his Discord on Reddit and Twitter. I read those and I immediately wrote them off with the with account takeovers. I believe I mentioned on here, I just didn't maybe use as harsh words as I'm using now as being a scumbag, but I, but you know, it's a scumbag move. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a dirty way of doing business. I think, you know, I just, I, I would never do it. I would never offer it. I would never, whatever. I think it's, I think it's, it's a dirtbag move. And if you look at the language, they posted the language. I can't find it. It's now erased from the internet, but it's like, you know, they're like not, they're not uh, accountable for the losses and you have to load. It was like really weird rules and people bought into it. His discord at the highest level. I don't know how discord works. I'm an old man, but apparently at the highest level, there was like 50 bucks. He had six, almost 6,000 people in that fucking discord. So 6,000 plus 50 bucks a month is like 250 grand. This guy was making a month. If everyone was paying $50, like, right. So this guy was making some real money off his discord, which is crazy that he had that many people do, but it makes sense because you're aligning yourself with this fucking shyster in Shay. And then you're, you have a big name and people think automatically assume that since you coach fighting and you are a fighter, that you can automatically pick winners, right? No one looks at me and goes, oh, this guy can't pick winners. James Krause can because he's fought, right? You know what I mean? That's the perception of people. So all that is said, and then all of a sudden it starts coming down. And then I start seeing stuff. And I'm, people were sending me stuff. And then the my, the men are fight, which um, I noticed the line jump because I had Nora and Becky in a parlay. And then when I got home, my buddies were live betting. And they're like, would you get Nora and Becky at? Because I bet them earlier in the day. And I was like early in that morning. And I was like, oh, I got him like 260, 285, whatever, maybe even 300. It's like, yeah, dude, he's at 460 now or something crazy within hours before the fight. And I went, what the fuck? And then they took the line off on some books. And then Minner went in there, blew his knee out in the first round. It was over. So that line movement is, is highly suspicious. Now, is it Kraus? I don't know. Is he giving information? I don't know. I, I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm not going to play middleman here. I'm going to say fuck yeah, he did, right? That's my public opinion. That's my opinion. Allegedly, he did. I have no facts about this. All I have is the FBI's involved. They took his laptop. They took his phone. They took his computer. And I believe they took maybe some of his wife's stuff too, is what I read. Again, this is all allegedly. I don't know, but this is what I'm reading. The Nevada Athletic Commission's involved. The outside gaming commission that that uh, audits all this stuff, they're involved, and the FBI's involved. Jeff Molina just got suspended. Why did he get suspended? Was he involved in this situation too? There's a lot of unknowns. Derek Minner got kicked out. James Krause suspended everywhere. That Shea guy, he's riding off in the sunset. He don't give a fuck, right? And then you got Jeff Molina who just got suspended and on the Nevada Athletic Commission it says uncategorized. So clearly he's suspended for some kind of investigation involved in this, which kind of sucks for a guy like Jeff Molina. 
if he was involved, you should know better and you're good at getting in trouble. But if he wasn't involved and he's just getting brought down because his head coach was James Krause, that really sucks for a guy like Jeff Molina, who's a very talented fighter. So the one thing that broke the camel's back for me, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, is is my opinion is I think he did it. I think he he was given out information after watching the Hawani interview. I think he 100% texted whoever and or had someone else do it, third-party situation, whatever, about Minner's knee. I 100% believe that because of the account takeovers, the guaranteeing of profits in sports gambling, which is absurd, and then who he was aligned with. This Shea guy went on his Discord and or podcast and said, I'm betting $2 million on David Ornamon to beat Nate Landwehr. Two million bucks. Okay, first off, there's no book around, right, that's going to take your $2 million bet on one fight like that. And you're splitting that bet up over thousands of accounts, which you have over 6,000 on your Discord. So you're betting that up over that little bit of your own money. You're going to 10 different places to, to make these bets, right? Maybe even more. Whoever would get you the highest limit, you're going to keep going, right? Because, you know, and they, and another thing, they, they were like, hey, if you do account takeovers, we want like my book, you want my Boveda. Uh, we don't want, we want offshore. We don't want anything in the States. And so as you know, and I know, Onama lost, right? They go on the podcast and what do you think Shay does? The Honorable Shay, James Krause, who obviously can, can handle a loss, can come up and say, hey, I lost, right? What do you think happens? Nope, no accountability. They said, oh, we hedged out. We hedged out. You hedged out on $2 million. You know how hard it was to probably place that $2 million bet, but you hedged out on $2 million. So you bet against your own guy is what you're saying. It's the only way you hedged out. How else did you hedge out? You didn't explain it. So you hedged out on Nate Landwehr as a huge underdog. But you got to place at least a mil, quarter or half a mil to do that. So you got to spread it out again. But that's what you're doing, right? And the line's not moving like that, but you're putting too much. So either you're a fucking liar, Shay, or you're a fucking liar. So he's a scumbag. Krause is a scumbag by association. Don't know if any of what is what is being said about him is true, fight fixing or not. But I'm going to go ahead and lean on the side that, yes, it is true because he's getting kicked out of everything. Could be a precaution. Could be nothing. His name's ruined. No one's ever going to, in the public opinion, he comes back to coaching. People are going to touch that. People are going to fucking touch him. Right? Because one mistake, one miss up, one little anything, you're gone. Watch the Hawani interview. This guy's oblivious to this. This guy was, I don't think he's a real gambler. I think he just started getting into gambling, right? Because of this Shea guy and with his presence, with his note, because he was doing the UFC stuff, the Neanic and Florian. And I think he got a taste of it and he's like, fuck, I can make a lot of money doing this because of my name. People automatically assume I have a brain and Shea's gonna be my bankroll. To a point to I build up my brand to get another macro. He got fight pass money. He his podcast was on fight pass. His YouTube podcast was doing okay numbers. And then the Discord was doing crazy numbers. Not to mention the money he was getting off his fighters from coaching, which I know is not a lot. But and then in the brand deals as well. I'm sure he had brand deals. I'm sure he had something like that. Everyone wanted to be in business with James Krause. So a scummy, scummy situation that's really hurting. And I know I'm, you know, you, you think of MMA capping, you think of any kind of hand capping, you're like, oh. There's a good gent, some good chaps in here, right? He's selling everything for everyone. So fuck James Krause. Fuck him. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to say. Fuck him. Until he's proven without a shadow of doubt that he's innocent, it's always going to be fuck him. And even when he comes back, if he comes back 
There's always going to be that doubt in my mind. This guy's a scumbag. Let's not work with him. That's my opinion. Now, my opinion can change. He could come out and he can be like, hey, man, I'm a fucking patsy. This Shay guy held a gun in my head, whatever the case may be. But right now, my opinion is fuck him. Fuck him. I think he did it. Fuck him. All right. Now let's get into one last thing before I tell you about what's coming in the new year. <sighs> this one's tough for me because I like this guy. MMA lock of the night. Manpreet Jass runs a lock of the night, dog of the night tournaments thing, right? I've never participated. Want to make that clear. He doesn't owe me money. But my boy Christian does. Christian was shoving that down Tim and I's throat. You got to get in. You got to do this. This is so fun. Yada, yada. And we never did. We never did. Timbo and I were not interested. So last week, I got wind of Locke was sending all these mixed messages out. I didn't know anything about it. He was saying, let the chirpers chirp, this and that. And I'm thinking, oh, he's just getting hate on Twitter like everyone else, blah, blah, blah. So then I go to Trout. I get alerted to go to Troutman Boxing on Twitter. And I go to his Twitter and this guy's eviscerating lock. And there's another guy, can't off the top of my head, I can't remember his Twitter handle, but he has a list of seven people that lock owes money to since this September, excuse me, September, when this all uh came about. This all got um released. Uh and then there was a DM going around, and we didn't know who the DM was, but a DM of Locke saying he dipped into the funds to pay for a wedding, his wedding. And that he's always going to refill it. So he's getting absolutely buried, right? He's defending himself. He's sending people a couple money. And he's he's saying it's a PayPal issue. Having trouble PayPal. They're limiting my numbers. They're doing this. They're doing that, right? Um, and I want to be diplomatic because I like the guy. I, I was on his podcast. I don't know him all that well. We exchanged dms about a year ago i was helping him with equipment you know he wanted to know what this microphone was and what the run through and what you know because i'm you know techie dorky stuff i was helping him with that and uh and then again i was on a show we've had him back and forth he mentioned me on his podcast when ariel and i had our thing and ariel tweeted at me and said you know was was referenced me on a show and him and ariel very close their buddies over the years have known each other and Locke was very kind to me he could have buried me with the whole email stuff, he could have said, this guy's a fucking scumbag. Fuck him. Erwan is the man, whatever. He didn't. You know, he didn't do that. He could have. He didn't. Um, so I'm in a situation now where I don't want to bury him, but my principles as a, as a human being is this is, it just seems so wrong that you, you, you took people's money, even if it was a dollar to go buy a drink. And you refilled it. That's not your money, man. You're running a contest that you open, that you run, that you you have said in DMs that I have read that you did to get your brain out there, and people loved it. You were getting a lot of good numbers and a lot of good money, and um, and I think that's I think that's amazing, right? And people loved it. Again, my guy Christian was was fucking hit. You know, uh, do this, do this. Do you, you know, it's fun. His wife did. It, his mom did it. Christian. Whole family did this, you know, and and uh, and as far as I know, when Christian has won a few times, got paid right away, you know what I mean. And then uh, since September, Christian is owed money. Christian is owed money. He has commented. I sent this to Christian. So what's going on with your boy Locke? Because Christian really likes Locke, Manpreet, and Christian goes, 
he owes me money, dude, and and explain the situation to me. And then I kept going down Twitter rabbit holes. A lot of people are going after him. Now, Cody Safdick, who works with Locke, who are friends, Paul Shaughnessy, guys on the, the Dogger Pass podcast, they're getting kind of involved because they work with Locke and people are throwing stones at them. The fucking dude who does the diehard, I don't, Clint, I don't really know him that well, know him at all. Uh, he was getting thrown under because he does a podcast with Locke and Cody came out, Cody Safdick, who I think is probably one of the best cappers, if not the best capper in MMA. Um, he came out and said, yeah, Locke owes me money too. He owes me $1,400. Why would he be scamming me? And Cody released screenshots of his PayPal balance. And that's what everyone has wanted Locke to do. Hey, man, release if, if it is a PayPal issue and you're having trouble releasing the funds, show us screenshots of your account. Show us screenshots of your daily limit or whatever, or weekly limit, whatever they're limiting you, whatever you're telling us. Show us your screenshots. So Cody released a screenshot that Locke showed him back in September. And then this past, I guess, a month or a couple weeks ago, this one guy who leaked the DMs of the wedding and Locke was very transparent with him, he asked to see the screenshots and Locke said no because, you know, of safety and everything like that, of like uh, protecting my privacy or whatever. So he, he declined to release the most recent screenshots of his PayPal. So all evidence reporting that it looks pretty bad. Locke is saying, I'm dealing with all the winners myself. You don't need to chirp. I'm DM DMing them, and we're going to get this sorted out, blah, blah, blah. Now, some of the winners have come forward and said, he has not been DMing me. He has, he has not been DMing me. And on top of that, he's ignoring questions I'm asking him. Another guy who is a, seems like a troll, he, he, he created an account in December, 20, uh, December this month, right? Created a Twitter account, has got two followers, and every second of his day is just chirping at Locke, right? So this is obviously a bur someone's burner from some other account, whatever. And he's claiming that Locke is a fraud, he's a snap. And then not only that, but the people that have won in the past were no-name Twitter names that disappeared after they won. They would thank him, hey, thanks for paying me. And then they would deactivate their accounts. So now he's saying that Locke created these accounts, played his own game, fixed it so he won, and then he would get the prize money. So there's a lot of these stones being thrown at MMA Locke in the night. And, you know, it's just it's just one of those things, man. I don't know. I mean, the one thing I can say is I think it is absolutely morally wrong to dip into funds for personal stuff. That's not your money, right? It's just not, right? Like, I've ran fantasy football for a long time. And now I just say pay me at the end. I know this is a different situation for him. But guys are like, how much do I owe you? And we play at work for 25 bucks, and they all want to pay me. No, 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 pay the winner. I don't want to hang on to this money. I don't, I don't you know, it's just going to sit there. That's fine. But, you know, I'm not going to touch it, but I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. Let it sit in Venmo, let it do whatever. But I'm just going to say, pay the winner, right? You know what I mean? Just, just pay the winner. We're going to do it that way as opposed to me hanging on the money because I don't like the responsibility and I don't like, you know, just the idea that I have other people's money. That's just me, you know what I mean? And Locke has been running this for a while now and has no hiccups until now. And it's just so circumstantial that the hiccups have come up after a wedding. He's going to the Apex, which isn't cheap, right? He just flew to his family for the holiday. Like, there's a lot of things adding up against him. You know what I'm saying? For a guy who's a full-time gambler, content creator, who doesn't have a winning record on the year, there's no way he can live off what he's making gambling. Now, he does have some deals. I believe he works with a couple of other networks. They might be paying him money. His wife might make tons of money. I don't know. 
everything's stacked against him at this point. And he's, you know, his main thing that Locke keeps saying is I'm not running because there's other guys that done this. Shay, who we mentioned earlier, he ran and left. Other guys fucking took your money and left and say, oh, I was in rehab or whatever. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm staying here, right? But at this point, you got to be open and transparent. You got to share the PayPal receipts. You got to you got to do what's right, and you got to pay these guys their money. Um, so I'm not going to bury him yet, right? I you know I think it's a scummy move, obviously, but I'm not going to overreact because I do think the guy is a good guy. I think he he's fucked up. I, he's regardless of him stealing money or if it's a PayPal issue or not, right? If you choose to believe it's a PayPal issue, that's fine. And if it is a PayPal issue, that's fine. The biggest problem is he admitted to dipping in the funds, even if he paid it back, admitted to dipping in to pay for a wedding, a very extravagant wedding. Weddings aren't cheap. I know, I'm married, right? Bing, they're expensive. That's other people's money. Regardless if you paying it back or not, it's an interest-free loan until you paying it back. You know, I just, that's the one bugaboo. If that DM never came out, I think I would believe Locke more and say, it's a PayPal issue. PayPal fucking sucks. Everyone knows PayPal sucks, right? But since that DM's out there and then the full DM got excluded, it was a lot more than that. It was the same DM where he said, I'm not going to share my PayPal because of privacy and this and that. It's just tough. I had to address it. I had to talk about it. It's it's blowing up on MMA Twitter. I want to believe him. I like the guy. But if this comes out to be true and everything, he's he's pretty much done. You know what I mean? That And that's unfortunate because you can't take people's money. You can't fuck around with people's money. You just can't. You can't do it. That's fraud, brother. That is stealing people's money. That's fraud, brother. All right. So that's I'm sweating. I'm so jacked up right now. Listen. Last show of the year, Wednesday takes. We went over the numbers. I rambled about James Krause, goddammit. Real quick, here's things improving in 2023, right? So more bets. I get to sit on my couch. I get to sit right here and place bets with you. I can't fucking begin to tell you how excited I am for that. My wife's so upset. We we never get each other Christmas gifts. We only get the girl stuff. And we get them a ton of shit, right? A ton of shit. They get so much right and that's what my wife and i do we don't get each other gifts because throughout the year we might get each other a little thing and then if she wants something she gets it if i want something we're hard to shop for right but she kept a paul i'm sorry we don't have a gift i'm sorry we don't have a gift my gift's january 1st now i know i only bet mma so really my gift's january 14th but january the, the fact that i could look up DraftKings on my phone and just stroll the lines and if i want to dabble in the bangles over if i want to dabble in the bangles point spread i can Without having to draft 30 fucking minutes. Woo! That's what I'm excited about. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I'm about that. So that's what's going to happen. More bets, more transparency. Hopefully we'll track them. Tracking my bets via an app that I'm going to release. And when they want to make a deal with me, if not, then you know I won't say their name. You probably have a good idea who it is. Tracking with them so hopefully people who are very upset that I don't track my bets, I'm going to do that. More winners. We're bringing more winners because I'm betting more. Or more losers. Okay? Let's, let's be honest. It could be more losers, but more winners as well, right? And then on top of that, we're going to get a new logo, which my boy Justin Gonzalez designed. It's unbelievable. I love it. I've had this thing the entire run that I wanted everything to be under MMA Takes Podcast. I didn't want my name to be... Like, I'm obviously the host of the show, Brian Peachy with MMA Take Podcast, but I want the brand to be big, right? And John Anik, my brother, sat me down and go, listen, on Twitter, your MMA Takes Podcast, which is great, but 
I feel like more people would want to follow you if they were following a person and not a podcast. Because for all they know, someone else could be running that account, not you. So I switched to Big Gun Brian Petrie. I did that on my Instagram. Way more followers. The guy was right as always. And then my logo is just the MMA Takes Podcast, which I designed myself, which I am not very talented in that area. But I, you know, I, I live with it, right? So I was like, you know what? I think I got to be part of the logo. Unfortunately, you know, you got to get this face out there somewhere. Justin Gonzalez, who has done art for me in the past, killed it again. New intro song. My, my big riffs killed it. So come January, first show of the year, getting all the new bells and whistles. All the new bells and whistles. I really think in my heart of hearts, I got a runny nose. Sorry if, it, if, it, if I sound stuffed up. In my heart of hearts, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for us. Club 1K. Every single person listening and watching, I think it's going to be a big year. I think it's going to be a big year for us. I truly, truly do. I think we're, we're going places. And we're going to see my face a lot more. I'm still Anna Florian, still doing that. And I think they're making a huge leap this year uh, with certain things. I know I'm going to try to make huge leaps this year. Um, content's going to be better or the same. You know what I mean? If you like it, it's not going to change much. The only thing I really want to change is the editing, but we'll get into that later. I'm running 45 minutes long here. That's it. Happy New Year. Thank you for rocking with me for this year. You guys are the absolute best. And I and one last thing, I didn't want to bring the show down with anything because I always start the show with, you know, something sad, you know, whatever. Um, the messages I got from the last show I did or two shows, whatever it was when I addressed my mom's situation the overwhelming message I got via DM on, on Twitter and Instagram and on the YouTube comments, every single one of those guys, I mean, was incredible. Thank you so much. I mean, truly, I keep my circle small. I'm a very, very small family and I have a very small friend group. I, I'm very weary of outsiders and I've extended my hand to a thousand of you on YouTube and more on Twitter and Instagram and every single one of you just is incredible for for a guy you don't know that you just watch sending really nice positive messages from my mom and i and uh unbelievable you guys are fucking unbelievable i love it i love it i love it all right listen 2023 can't come soon enough january 1st we need it babe we need it that's the show uh brian peachy mma on all social media hit that subscribe button anything else anything else i don't think so let's go Perfect week for Brian Petrie yet again. Motherfuckers. Mix with a man, Brian Petrie.